0: Thank you, Brother Terry, thank you, choir, and thank our praise team, thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, we want to look at chapter 1, and we'll look at verses 1 through 3. As I share a sermon that I've just simply entitled, Let the Church Be the Church, Let the Church Be the Church. So we'll look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1 through 3. God's Word says in verse 1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and set the knees, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity we've had to worship and now, Father, to listen We pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts through your word. And Lord, your word will become alive to us, real to us. Help us to realize that this message was just not for the Corinthian church, but it's for us today also. Help us to remember, Lord, this is your word. And Father, it was breathed out to the holy men of God, Lord, as they were led by the Holy Spirit to write these words. And so, Father, we pray that we can accept this message from you. Lord, give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. Allow your Holy Spirit to fill me today as I share your word, and I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let the church be the church. Today, I'm afraid that the world has forgotten what the church is all about. The greatest need that we have in our lifetime is not really economic need, it's not social need, and it's not political need, but the greatest need of our generation is for the church to be the church. D.L. Moody said this, and I'll quote a famous quote of his. He said, The world has yet to see what God can do through one man whose life is totally committed to him. And then he said this, And I want to be that man. And friend, listen, the same truth can be applied to the local church. Our world, at least our generation, this generation, has yet to see what God can do through the life of the local church. Those who are truly, totally committed to Him. And I want Mountain View Baptist Church to be that church. However, this will be um, be the the church who who doesn't ask this question, uh, can we do it? The church that God uses in a a fabulous way, in a magnificent way, will be the church who who won't say, um, uh, can we do it? But at the same time, they'll say, What do you want us to do, Lord? What do you want us to do? And the church will never ask, How much will it cost? Because God, whatever you want us to do, we know that you'll supply the resources for it. And we've seen witness of that in time past. And so this morning, God challenges us, this body of believers here at Mountain View, to be that church. Now, First of all, to be that church, I've jotted down three points I want to share with you if you're taking notes. what? How can we be the church that God can use to reach a lost world to himself? How can we be that church? First of all, we need to know the definition of a church. If you're taking notes, what is the definition of a church? Well, the term church comes from a Greek word, ekklesia. Ek is out, and kaleo means to call. And so therefore, the word church refers to those who have been called out of sin to salvation. The word church is used 20 times in the general sense to refer to the total body of the redeemed of the Lord, the saved of all the ages. So 20 times in the New Testament, it refers to all saved people and all who belong to Christ belong to this general church of our Lord. Now, they're, they're one, these are the ones, this general church are the ones referred to in First Thessalonians chapter 4 who will be called up in the rapture. But the greatest thrust of the New Testament is not that, not that general group that all belong who are redeemed, belong to the Lord, but the greatest thrust of the New Testament is the local church, is that local church. Now, the definition of a local church is a body of baptized believers who have banded together to carry out the great commission of the Lord. A body of baptized believers who have banded together to carry out the great commission of the Lord. Now, a lot of church members see the church as a building, uh, but that's where the church meets. Some church members see the church as an activity, In other words, we go to work, we go to school, uh, we go to church. It's something that we do. Now, all of you came to church this morning. Some of you may have thought that was just an activity. You go everywhere else, we might as well go to church. Or maybe this is our Sunday to go to church. Maybe you go on the first Sunday, some the third Sunday, some the second, some the fourth. It's hard to get everybody here at the same time. But you may look at church as a building building. Mountain View Baptist Church, the building, or you may look at it as an activity, but church is not a building, it's not an activity. Church is people, those who have received Jesus Christ who have banded together to carry out the Great Commission. And so they carry that out in this community, they carry it out in this town, they carry it out in the state, they carry it out in North America, they carry it out around the world. That's the local church. And so the point in order to be the church that God uses, we have to understand that the church is not a building, the church is its not activity, but the church is a body of believers, baptized believers in Jesus Christ, who God uses to accomplish His purpose in reaching a lost world to Himself through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the local church. And so first of all, to be the church that God uses, we have to understand What is the church? Secondly, to be the church that God uses, we have to understand the primacy of the church, the preeminence of the church. What does that mean? Well, that means the local church is the most important institution on the face of the earth. Did you know that? The local church is the most important institution on the face of the earth in the book of revelation we find where jesus is seen walking in the midst of the church and jesus chose the local church to permeate the world with the gospel of jesus christ didn't choose any other group but the church this baptized group of believers that band together to to evangelize the world he didn't use uh, any civic club to reach the world with the gospel He, he he used the church he uses the church so you know, as you study the Bible, you'll find where Paul is the second leading figure in the New Testament next to Jesus. Paul is known as the apostle to the Gentiles. He's, he's brought the, the grace of God, the gospel of the grace of God to the Gentiles. He's the, the apostle to the Gentiles. And he didn't establish schools, and he didn't establish hospitals, and he didn't establish social institutions. But what Paul did was he evangelized people, and then he congregationalized people into local churches. That's what Paul did. And so you have churches scattered all over Europe, all over Asia, because. Paul established churches and I thank God today for schools and I thank God for hospitals and social ministries. However, those are the results of an active, functional church. That's what it's been in the past. All of our major colleges and universities across the United States were begun by Christians teaching the word of God. And so we're the most important institution that we have on the face of the earth. But the results of that, that alive functional churches, those res- the results of those churches is what we see today. And that simply means the church is primary. Now, I've had some to tell me the church is outdated, the church is old fashioned. You know, they're just outdated. Church is outdated, church is old fashioned. But the plan that Jesus has for the church today is unchanged, it's never changed. The Bible says the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. Now, the church will be here when Christ comes back to call it up to him. And so he died for the church, and one day he's coming back for the church. And so to be the church that God wants us to be here at Mountain View, we have to know the definition of the church. Then we have to see it its, it's preeminence. It's the greatest institution on the face of the earth, and that's the local church. We're talking about the local body of believers. So in order for Mountain View to to be used of God, we have to know the definition of a church, we have to know the preeminence of the church, and we must know the perspectives of the church. The word perspective there really means uh, the view. What's the view of the church? How do we view the church? or what's the position of the church? What do we think the position of the church is? And I'm gonna list two real quick for you. What's our view of the church? Well, first of all, the body of Christ, the church, gathers, okay, it gathers. That's what we're doing here this morning. When does it gather? Where does it gather? Well, we gather here on Sunday morning. We gather on Sunday night. We gather on Wednesday night. Sometimes we'll gather for revival effort. The church of God gathers. We gather on Sunday morning. We gather Sunday evening on Wednesday night. That's why Hebrews 10, verse 23 through 25, listen to what he says. You probably have heard this before. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Do you know when you come to church, the whole purpose is not just to come to worship God, but it's to stir up love for each other, and it's to stir up good works among the body of believers. That's one purpose in coming to worship. But look, verse 25, Not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and in so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so we gather. We gather Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, other times perhaps, special occasions. We come together. Now why do we come together? We come together to stir up the love among us. We come together to to support each other. We come together to lift up Jesus in praise. We come together in joy. We come together in worship. And the Holy Spirit moves among his people when we're at church. He moves among God's people. He strengthens us. The Holy Spirit guides us. He energizes us. He inspires us. We gather for worship for instruction, we gather to worship for proclamation, we gather for fellowship, and we gather for equipping, for discipleship, all important. That's why we all need to be here, for those reasons. However, you'll always have those who have a negative attitude about organized church. But if anything scriptural in the Word of God, it's the local church, and it's the coming together of God's people. There's a purpose for that. Now, church is not about the building. and we've been blessed. I know, Brother Robert said so in his message last week. We've been blessed uh, abundantly here previously with a building to worship in. We're blessed with this building to worship in. But the building is not a church. The building provides a base of operation for the church. Let me say that again. The building is not the church but it provides a base of operation for the work of the church. Phil Campbell City Hall. Phil Campbell City Hall provides a base for the operation of the city of Phil Campbell. Uh, the state capitol in Montgomery, the state capital provides a base for all the political duties of the state. That's the base for the state's operation. Even Washington DC, the United States capitol. That's the base of operations for the United States government. This building is not the church, but it provides a place for God's people to come together, to meet, to worship, and to focus and to plan in what He wants us to do to reach our community, our town, a lost world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The building can be taken away. That's a building. It's a building. has been taken away. But not the church. We're going to be here until the Lord comes back to take us away. We went to Russell yesterday and and driving, uh, I forget the street, probably. uh, Well, we turned going to McDonald's out by uh, the ballpark, out that way from North Jackson. But, uh, Judy, we saw... Policemen trying to get around me, I pull off, and they're just they flying, passing in, no passing zone, no traffic, traffic can pull it off, and we go up there a little piece, and Jesus said, I see some smoke, and so we looked to the left, and we saw smoke rising in the air, and it was Gateway Church, and it was on fire, so we took a service road, and drove up there, and, and my heart broke for them, it breaks for them today, we know what that's all about when our, our base of operation is taken away. Now, I no doubt they had a lot of damage, and hopefully, prayerfully, they can repair what, what the fire destroyed. But still, at the same time, it's not their church. Their church is alive and well today. That was their building. And we thank God that that's going to be taken care of prayerfully. But remember, the building is not the church. It just provides a base of operation for the church. And from the earliest of times, from the earliest of time, God's people had a, a base of operation. At one point, they were in a, tent, in a tent called a tabernacle, and they left the tent, and the base of operation was uh, was a temple, and they left the temple, and then they started meeting in homes. That was their base of operation, and then after, after Nero came on the scene, they had to leave the homes, and they had to meet in secret, and they met in catacombs, they met in Uh, places caves underground where they buried the dead and they snuck around and they met there for their base of operation and even today they're meeting in secret places to plan to pray together to work together to carry on the lord's work where they are to reach people for for him and so from the earliest of time god has called his people together together in tents and a tabernacle temples homes buildings catacombs secret places even today But however, the church is not building-centered, it's people-centered. And so this building kind of serves as a reminder that God is at work in our lives and in the lives of the people here at this church. When people drive by and see my vehicle out there or your vehicle out there, people know that God is at work in your life. Trying to use you to reach people for Jesus Christ. That's why it's important to be at church. Your car is even a testimony here in this parking lot. I stood out the window and I noticed the empty parking spaces. And I know this is summer and we're trying to get a vacation in and we, we need that and it's good. There's no problem with that. I enjoyed the one I had last week. But at the same time, don't make it a habit, as some do, to neglect the Lord's Day when it's time to assemble together, to stir up each other's love for each other and stir up the work in order to reach people for Jesus. And so our perspective is to view, perspective, i.e., to view the church as God's people. People gather. First, people gather. They gather. The second view we have of the church, not only do they gather, but they scatter. God's people scatter. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You know this by memory perhaps, but listen to this. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That is a very important verse that we leave out oftentimes. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He has all authority. You got that. All authority in heaven, all authority on earth. And this person that has all authority, Jesus says to go. Therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're to go. We're to go. Really, the the Greek says as you're going, you need to make disciples. You need to share the gospel. Now, What's important in verse 18 is he said all powers given to me in heaven and on earth. You have the power. You have the right because he gives you the power to share the gospel wherever you go. If you go in the courthouse at Russell, you can share the gospel. If you go to school, you can share the gospel. If you go to your job, you have God's promise that he'll give you power wherever you go on earth to share the gospel. So take advantage of his power and open your mouth every opportunity you get and share the gospel. That's part of the Great Commission. Verse 18 is really important. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And then he says to go. And so that's what we're to do. So God's people not only gather, but they scatter. They scatter. They scatter on they we gather on Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday and, and special times, but then after that, we scatter into the four corners in our communities and towns and cities and subdivisions and apartments, everywhere, everywhere. We, we go everywhere, the church, the people of God. Get this, when the people of God go, Jesus goes with us. It's not that we're going by ourselves. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. So when he says, all power is given to me, heaven, earth, earth, Go ye therefore, he's going with us. Wherever you go, he's going to go with us. And as we go, we're going to minister to people, and we're going to touch the lives of people because of the power that he gives us in our witness. And because of you, because of this local church, Jesus... Jesus, because of you, when you leave here today and scatter, you're going to go into homes and you're going to go into restaurants and you're going to go this week into schools and your neighborhood and you'll go all over the place. The point is, wherever you go, Jesus goes. Now think of your potential by knowing that. So the church gathers for strength and then the church scatters for service. We gather for strength, we scatter for service. And so I pray, I pray today for our church, this local body of believers here, that God will use us to make a difference in our community and in our town. You know, he's got churches scattered all over. And that's their purpose. That's their plan. That's, that's his plan for them is to make a difference wherever they're located. That's his plan for us to make a difference here in this community, in this town, and as we reach out. And so the church, alive and well. You know, to be the church that God uses. What's the church? A group of baptized believers banded together to be on mission with the Lord to reach a lost world. The, prim- the the primacy of the church, most important institution on the face of the earth. The perspective of the church, we gather and then we do what? We scatter. And therefore you have... You have the church. Let the church be the church. That's our prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a time that we can open your word and be challenged this morning. And I pray, Lord, you 102 years ago, Lord, you uh, put Mountain View Baptist Church here in this community. And for over the years, Lord, people have been committed to sharing the gospel and and coming together different times of the week and different times of the month, different times of the year, and then leaving here and scattering with the great commission, Father, uh, Lord, with sharing the gospel. And so, Father, help us to keep doing what you've called us to do and where you've planted us uh, to be. Help us to bloom where we're planted. Lord, we've been planted here. Help us to bloom here. I thank you for each person here, for each member of this congregation. And, Lord, I pray that you'll use us, Lord. I really do. I pray that you'll use us, Lord, to to assist you, to help you, Lord, in sharing the gospel in this community, in, in this area. Father, I pray for each person here. And I pray for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life. And, Lord, I pray today your Holy Spirit will convict of sin and of judgment and of righteousness and And, Father, that they would come today and show a willingness to receive you into their life to be their Lord, their Savior. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do in this invitation time. And as the song says, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. And, Lord, I pray that that would be our prayer today. I pray that people would come in the public profession of faith. People would come in rededication. People would come in prayer. Whatever your will is for our life, we pray that we would be obedient as your spirit Well, again, draws us, Lord, to make those decisions in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together prayerfully, reverently. Well, again, really I want to thank you for viewing our worship it. service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ, as your personal Lord and Savior please feel free to contact our church at the address listed we also encourage you to visit our website thank you and make